0: Welcome to Rock Shop Talk, our show talk's best practices, fun anecdotes, and the latest cutting-edge technology in our field to kick your screen printing gears into hyperdrive. Today's episode features building sustainable business for a more sustainable planet with Lonely Whale. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be right back.
1: I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop, where we talk all things screen printing. Today, we are here to talk about building sustainable business for a more sustainable planet. We are joined uh, with Dune Ives of Lonely Whale. Uh, alongside me, as always, is our marketing director, Mr. Merrill Caps, And joining us back again for another episode is our purchasing and logistics director, Mr. Andy Johnson. Welcome, everyone.
0: Good to be back. Thanks for having us. Nice Dude, thank here. you so much for joining us. Yes, this is awesome. Uh so let's uh let's do a couple of quick updates to bring people back into the loop of what's going on. We just wrapped up the Impressions Expo in Atlantic City, and it was a huge success. We had a blast uh supporting our partners, Vastex International, there, uh, an incredible booth. Great partners. We were also joined there uh, with the Unite Together movement and Print Girl Mafia, and it was wonderful connecting with all of you in the booth there, and we really appreciate uh, just being able to have that conversation and being it have it be so well-received. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, show specials, I just spoke with Brian, uh, Brian Richards, our sales director, this morning, and show specials are still going on for the next couple of weeks, I believe, till the 15th of April. That sound right? or is that just tax day? Is that the,
1: <laughs> Oh gosh, don't say that Meryl, please. Just not, not cool, man. Do not throw the word tax into that conversation. I'm,
0: I should have never meddled. I apologize everyone. Uh, but anyway, it, it was, uh, it was a wonderful experience and, and it kind of leads that that experience with unite together is a perfect segue in today's talk with uh, the CEO of lonely whale and this awesome, uh, prize that you all have partnered with tom Ford to create the plastic innovation prize um before we go into that uh just want to say it's a great privilege to be a part of that and to be able to support such a noble and worthy cause to heal our precious only planet that can sustain us and may we continue to do only that so uh with that ross take it away
1: Awesome. Well, I mean, I think it's always good to start out um, with this lovely construction noise in my ear right now. I picked a good time to unmute my mic, um, okay. but uh, start out by uh, having everyone uh, introduce uh, themselves and and actually really specifically, Dune, um introducing yourself, how you entered uh, the industry that you're in, and tell us about Lonely Whale um, and then specifically this award and partnership uh, between Lonely Whale and Tom Ford.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's really a pleasure to be on the show. I think this is probably going to be one of the most fun podcasts I've ever done. So thank you, gentlemen, for being for being for being my host today. Um, our really privilege. To be here. And so, so happy to have rock as a member of our early adopter coalition. So I hope we're going to spend a little bit of time on that and what that means. Um, but yes, oh, I'm Hugh sure. Knives. I am the CEO of Lonely Well. I have been with Lonely Well, which is a nonprofit organization. I've been with Lonely Well for oh six years, I think on Friday. you. I'm a
3: 10 so so
2: this is really weird. Six years at one place. <laughs> I'm supposed to be two years, right? Every <laughs> two years, switching up. <laughs> So I came to Lonely whale well after working with a, a really lovely gentleman on his global environmental philanthropy. And, and we focused on oceans when I worked for him. and you know and he knew and a um, very wealthy individual that no matter how much money we throw at the, the big issues we're facing environmentally and socially, that until people really start caring about the issue, you can throw as much money as you want at it, right? We're still going to find ways to be bad, Um, not for intentionally being bad, but just because there's not a lot of options available to us as individuals if we want to really truly change our behaviors. So I've always had this idea of working within an organization that has the ability to speak like a, a brand, a global brand, speak to people the way they want to be spoken to about issues and really engage them, engage their hearts and their minds in being part of the solution and being a solution, being the solution for some of these issues. And and really, that's what we do at Lonely Well. So our mission is to keep plastic waste from entering rivers, lakes, streams, the ocean. And one of the ways we do that is with these initiatives like the Tom Ford Plastic Innovation Prize, where we are are developing alternatives, sustainable alternatives to what we call problematic plastics. So we just mm-hmm. announced the finalists today, which has been very exciting to get to this point. Um, but it's, it's we couldn't do this without partners like Rock. So thank you guys for being a part of it.
1: Wow. Thank you. I mean, this is, uh, you guys have done a lot of great work in the past and we'll get into some of that uh, in this uh, episode as well, but um, just, just thinking about plastic, I was reading an article in my newsfeed, you know, randomly, and I think, and I don't know if it was true. I didn't dive super deep, but they just found the first microplastics in someone's blood even mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so, so it's, it's, it's going out yeah, just so far beyond, I think what people realize that it's starting to get into our bodies and, um, you know, who knows what the long-term uh, effects are going to be. So thank you for all your hard work and um, making a difference and where we live and, and now, you know, making an impact hopefully on, on our bodies even as well. That's awesome. Um, and Andy, why don't you talk a little bit about your involvement here um, from your standpoint of the company and, and kind of what got you involved? I know plastic has been a fun topic of conversation um for you specifically for qu- quite some time um and this is something that we even dove into as a company a few years ago um and started looking at on our on our own as well um testing you know some sustainable plastic options for our machinery so once you give the folks here an introduction of, of you and sort of how how you fit into the puzzle and and have joined their board there
3: Yeah, so um, I'm Johnson, I am the Purchasing Director and Logistics Director for Rock us and I volunteered to be part of the advisory board for the Plastic Prize and uh, super honored to be part of that. It was an amazing experience. Um, I have had vendors that are very interested in um, buying a plastic that was uh, biodegradable um, that wouldn't be sitting in a landfill for thousands of years. And um, my my initial search started just basically on the internet, looking around for for vendors out there that are that are offering this. And it's actually um, I was a little I was a little dismayed at first because there's there's not really a whole lot out there um, on the internet uh, that I could find at that particular time um, that would fit. Uh, the needs of our business um, being like plastic rolls that we use on our packaging uh, machines. So my initial search took me to a few vendors, and it really made me start diving into um, what exactly is biodegradability. And you know, there's it, it means different things to different people. Um, you know, everything's biodegradable at some point in its life, uh, be it a day, thousands of years. So, you really have to read about the product itself to really understand what that level of biodegradability is and its impact on the environment around it. Um, so doing the advisory board i was I was just shocked at the technologies that are out there. Um, and what people have brought to the table, um, you know, I'm not sure how much I can say here as far as like the technologies that are concerned, but um, it's it's just amazing what people have done. And I did a lot of research doing this uh, as part of the advisory board just to understand everything. You know, it's it's uh, there's a lot of science in this and people spend a lot of time and and hard work trying to bring a product that's that's going to be best fit for not only business needs but for our environment and uh it's a it's a it's a big undertaking and we need more of this out in the world today cuz it's uh you look around I was just in um, Cabo last week and you know after doing the the prize uh, advisory board, I was, you know, I I see plastic everywhere now. Um, It's like one of those things where when it's on your mind, you just, you see it everywhere. And, you know, from, uh, I I got, went to a gift shop and they gave me a plastic bag and I was like, oh no, I don't need that. I can just throw it in my backpack. And, you know, my kids the other day, um, you know, grabbed a water bottle that we have out in our garage. And, um, you know, those are for emergency purposes only. And, and I had to explain to my son, well, this, this could impact the environment. And, you know, so everyone's listening to me at home now talking about this and and friends. And it's just one of those awareness things. And, uh, as soon as you, you know, you, you put that in your mind that, this can affect things down the road. Um, I think if, if people had that in their mind and like what Dune said, it's just like, we actually need to build a system around like solving the problem because consumer behavior, it's not really on the forefront of their minds. And uh, the plastic prize is definitely a, a, a very good start at, at um, getting these products out into, into consumers' hands and businesses' hands and showing the value of those and also showing the, you know, the impact that plastic really does have on our environment, not only at, like from a, uh, you know, from a financial standpoint mm-hmm. and and a, and a environmental standpoint too, as well.
2: And I, I think, Andy, I think around the same time you were doing your research, we were also looking around to see, well, what kind of solutions are there for just in the fashion industry, 180 billion non-recycled thin film plastic poly bags that's a lot of bags every single year so surely there must be solutions right so you were looking we were looking and we thought there's there's nothing like yes there's there's a couple things here and there but can they scale and how many companies need to do that individual research that you were doing right it turns out a lot of people have to do that research. So it's, uh, I mean, you you were hitting on the exact same thing that we were hitting on is that if we want to change, right, we want to do right. Nobody wants plastic in the ocean. Nobody wants it in our blood, right? And Ross, what's gonna happen? I don't know, but it can't be good. (laughs) I don't know what the plastic (laughs) is
1: doing in here.
2: It's like mess, it's messing with something. It's not supposed to be in here and Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to get it out. So that's, we'll figure that out too. But we really have to find solutions. And I don't know, Andy, if, if uh, you were also impressed, but I mean, guys, we had applications from 26 countries and yep. six continents. And that was so cool, wasn't it? Just yeah. astounding. the inspiration all over the world and, and how exciting it is to see these innovators, these entrepreneurs everywhere, <laughs> Iceland, Kenya, Indonesia, Australia, all over the place. Yeah, so that was really heartening. It was really cool to see.
3: And each yeah, one has their own particular problems too. That's you know, right. It's yeah. it's, it's their regional problems that they have, and they have solutions regionally that they can, you know, that mm-hmm. they have. You know, even though we're we're picking, you know, a certain prize winner, like there's real winners all over the world, given their certain environmental circumstances.
1: Absolutely.
3: Um, well, I'm going to use this moment because I got a thought, but I'm going to hold on to it
1: for a second. We're going to take a quick uh, commercial break. And when we come back, uh, we'll continue talking about building sustainable business and a more sustainable planet. Um, we will be right back.
0: We appreciate the magnitude of the business path you've chosen. With the numerous options available, it can easily and quickly feel overwhelming when weighing the pros and cons. We believe in consolidating into a simpler approach, one comprised of award-winning automation that has consistency, scalability, and innovative reliability embedded into its very design. Meet the Rock US automated press fleet at rock.us or call 187 Rocket Now. That's 877 674 8669.
1: Want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one stop Rock Shop, where we talk all things screen printing. Today we are discussing building sustainable business for a more sustainable planet with Dune Ives of Lonely Whale. I'm uh, Rock U.S. President Ross Hunter. Alongside of me, our Marketing Director, Mr. Merrill Caps, and our Purchasing and Logistics Director, uh, Mr. Andy Johnson. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. So I, yeah. I kind of wanted to dive into a couple. It's probably a two-part question, but... The first part, because you brought up money in the beginning of the episode, and you were saying, you know, we can throw as much money at these problems as we want to. And we all know we've been grooming the ocean. I mean, it's just one example, right? There's boats out there nonstop on the big plastic barge trying to clean up the ocean. I mean, I can't even imagine what that costs to maintain from these nonprofits and stuff that are doing it. And it makes, you know, small impacts, right? Mm -hmm. And I find it interesting, you know, that Probably a week or two weeks or or a month worth of that cost is essentially what you guys have have declared as the prize for this giveaway. And as you just pointed out, you got you know twenty six different countries participating. You know, and this might be a day of fuel for one of these boats. I mean, no joke. In today's in today's day and age, right? Um. So you guys are giving away uh, it's a million dollar prize. So There's a first, second, third. So I think it's kind of split up so multiple people, um, get in. So how is it that with that kind of effort, right? And such a low dollar amount, we're able to to get to such a large impact of a product in comparison to some of the other efforts. I mean, I don't know if that's a question, a statement, or where I'm trying to go with that, but it's interesting to me that you know, I guess what could be viewed in today's day and age where your average home might feel like cost a million dollars anymore. Um, you know, we're we're giving that away and, and the, the involvement's huge, really it's, huge.
2: It's gigantic. I mean, it's a really good question. And I think it comes down to a lot of the lessons that we've learned since we started our campaigning work in 2016. So our, our very first campaign was the Stop Sucking campaign. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Um, yeah, very familiar.
1: Know,
0: very anti huge impact. Huge, huge
2: impact, right. huge impact yeah. and, and shockingly huge impact. And what we learned from that campaign is absolutely present in this campaign today that you need to surprise and delight people just like a brand does. So when we took over, actually, even before we took over the city of Seattle and demonstrated that you can go strawless in Seattle, which is clever. Um, And we had our, you know, our quarterback, our Super Bowl winning quarterback who will be uh, remain nameless because he's no longer with us. And he's (laughs) fine. It's fine. We're going to recover from that. Um, You know, he became the straw hero and he showed up at our closing event. And so we knew that we needed to have something that was it was just, it was just really fun, fun and engaging, right? And not telling people what should happen or you should do this or here's how bad it is, and leading with all the bad news, but really creating space where optimism can rule. And you can really feel like, gosh, we're gonna solve this problem. So that was that was number one. The second thing is that we knew that we needed to have influencers. Who could really help to spread the the you know the opportunity, I think as far and as wide as, as possibly could. And, and I would say we look at influencers very differently than some people might. Some people might say, oh, if you don't have JLo and you don't have Leonardo DiCaprio and you don't have you know X, Y, and Z, then you don't really have a campaign. But for us, Audrey Choi is a huge influencer in the financial sector. She is the Mm -hmm. chief sustainability officer of Morgan Stanley. She was the first female sustainability officer in Wall Street, hugely influential. So when you put someone like an Audrey Choi on a judging panel and she shares it, she shares it with her entire network of guess who? People who are financing businesses. They're investing in companies who likely could be one or two of those companies that could make their way into the prize. So we were very intentional about the prize judges. We were very intentional about the scientific and technical advisory board. Andy, it's not a surprise that you were on this panel, right? You you have a network that is your own network and likely you have companies that would want to come to you and want to make presentations but they just didn't know what your email was. Uh (laughs) We gave them plasticprize.org as the big email address to send the application to. So that's another part of it, but but I have to say, being really specific about the change that we seek is also very important. So we're not saying we're gonna get rid of all poly bags around the world. I mean, ultimately that is the hope with these solutions. We're really hyper-focused on the fashion industry, knowing that your technology, what you can use plastic for, we're gonna influence that as well, right? That's gonna go beyond the fashion industry. Absolutely. Um, H.P. Why is H.P. involved? Why is uh, Miller Knoll, Herman Miller, involved? Why is Imperial Day, which is a food services company, involved? It's because we want to assess the spillover effects into the other industries. So I think surprising and, and you know being delightful and showing opportunity, leveraging influencers the way that we can, and being really hyper-specific on one problem so that we can solve for that and we can show we're not trying to solve for everything at one time, but we're solving for something very specific so that the applications we get and that we did get um, are really tailored towards that one issue we're trying to solve for. And I think
1: that's, that's awesome.
2: Such a, you know, we're a tiny team. We're a tiny little team that mm. does this work.
1: Um, yeah. Well, impressive what you guys have done with straws and very impressive, mm-hmm. of you know, where this has gone so far with with the film uh, thin film plastic. And I mean, you kind of answered my second question was was more or less the why behind um picking such a very specific, you know, problem to tackle. I mean, it, it's. It's interesting, and I mean, when you threw those numbers out, it kind of blew my mind, right? I mean, what was it, one hundred eighty-six billion? You said.
2: Well, that's yeah, sure, one hundred eighty-six billion. It's it's minimum of one hundred eighty billion. It's probably one hundred eighty-six. Probably spot on. <laughs> <laughs> one
0: hundred
1: eighty <laughs> billion, though, and that's and it's super. funny because I used to work retail, so I used to work retail in the fashion space many moons ago. And the first thing we did when we got shipments from our designers end was tear open a bunch of individual plastic bags and they'd end up in a big pile on the floor. Right. And you'd think to yourself, and I mean, I even thought back then, you know, this is 20 some odd years ago. I'm like, why are we doing this? And I don't think plastic was even a, like, that. I mean, it was a topic, but trust me, it was not the topic that it is today. And still you question that stuff. And and for me, it was probably not about the plastic, but it was about like, why am I having to open this, stack it, and then go back here and clean something else up? It just doesn't make any logical sense. And I've always been curious about that. So, you know, I'm going to ask a different why now. Through, you know, this process and working with some of these designers and and clothing lines and other people that use these processes, has there been logic put to why the thing? Then film plastic on every single t So when a shipment goes to Nordstrom or Macy's or any of these places, right? They're getting a box. Shirts are all folded. They're all in this poly bag. And they literally, the retailer is the one tearing the plastic off and then putting it on the shelf. Have you guys discovered just sort of what that logic is from a supply chain issue? Because I've never understood it personally. And we sell this stuff that packages things. So mind you, I'm like, you know, I get it for shipping. So when we're sending things in poly mailer bags and stuff like that, I get it, but it's always been weird from the retail front of why everything needed to come in that individual plastic bag.
2: I mean, look, you're asking the question that we asked around straws too. Why on earth would you put a plastic straw in a glass of water? I don't understand. (laughs) When did we start doing that? When did we start doing that? I can kind of understand why do we we shrink wrap the uh, English cucumber in plastic? Mm -hmm. For shelf life, for shelf stability, right? And so one could say in the textile space, we're stuffing stuff in plastic because we want it to look nice because consumers expect a clean product when they get it or because the designer expects clean textiles when it comes to their warehouse or because of, there's all sorts of justification for why. Um, but I will tell you as a consumer, I recently purchased a tremendous number of throw pillows. I guess the pandemic got me wanting to be really comfortable and cozy. <laughs> so it makes
1: I, total sense.
2: I bought a lot, you can ask my husband, I bought a lot of throw pillows and they all came individually stuffed into, a poly bag, and then in the cardboard box where there's all these, well, let's call them sausage pillows, it's like, it's like they stuffed them in sausage casing. And then they put, um, because my I, apparently throw pillows are precious um, and easily damaged, I don't know. Uh, then they put all these sealed airbags in there as well to protect my precious pillows. Well, I, I don't know who, who decided that was necessary. And, and the thing is, I'm not sure that anybody has actually made the decision that it's necessary at any stage of the supply chain because it's present. And because the plastic has just kind of really slid into our lives very quickly over the last 20, 25 years, almost while we weren't paying attention. And I think right. intentionally so. I do think the plastics industry is probably one of the smartest industries out there right they found how to make a profit on a byproduct and then they've just found all these places where plastic we didn't need it before but now we need it all of a sudden and now we have it and we don't know how to get rid of it so i don't have a specific answer to your question it is the question we should be asking though right is mm-hmm. well when did this start showing up and what problem is it solving for in the case of my tropilo right. the only problem i have is they can't get to me fast enough
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: <laughs> like send them in by drone I don't they don't even need to be packaged in anything because I know what I bought just mm-hmm. you know I just need them or at least I thought I needed them during the pandemic pandemic pillows we'll call them pandemic pillows I like I that But it, but I didn't I don't need them I don't need them To be wrapped in plastic. Well, it's
0: interesting because you're
1: seeing newer companies now, or at least what I've seen is a lot like we just subscribed, just had a baby nine months ago. Yay. Um, And we order organic food for her, which it's called Yumi. Um, It's kind of like, I guess, blue apron, but for babies and their packaging. It's interesting. Um, It's all biodegradable every bit of it. So down to the little ice pack that they have to put in there for the baby food. It's not made of a standard plastic. So I find that like a lot of newer businesses, at least that I've done business with at home or through my personal life, seeing more and more consciousness, I think going into the way that they start, I think part of the problem is over the last 20 years, you know, you talked about habits a little bit in the beginning and and people just having, you know, these we have habits, right? And so business is getting habits too. And it's like, well, we've always done it this way or we've always done it that way or this way is way more expensive. And obviously that's something hopefully we can start to figure out too because all of this stuff does typically cost more. There's a lot of R&D. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And then we've got to wait five years or 10 years for it to get to a point where economically, maybe it makes sense for someone to change their habit. Well, um, we're really
2: we hoping to accelerate that as part of this prize. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with companies like Rock testing it out to say, does it work for you? And in what cases, Andy, does it work the best? Where is it really not performing? How do we then help some of these companies really scale to meet your needs so that it gets to a point? Oh, and also we have a whole group of investors lined up to provide investment capital to the winners and to the finalists. Maybe they just need retooling of the machine to meet your needs, but they can't afford
1: mm-hmm. it. Right. right?
2: Maybe they need uh, maybe they need to actually build an entire new manufacturing facility and they need capital investment to get them going, to yeah. be able to scale to your size. Whatever the case is, that's what we want to learn. And that's why it was so serendipitous to be on an airplane next to your car. Right. On my very first trip during the pandemic, I'm heading out to New York. There's Ryan sitting next to me and I don't really talk to people on planes. And turns out you all were texting that morning about... Uh, what what are our alternatives around plastic? How do we you know how do we start to solve some of this? And 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 I do think that there's a lot of interest. I think there's a lot of companies that really want to put in place biologically degradable rather than biodegradable. I mean, we're really lucky in the Northwest to have industrial composting facilities to be able to take that material, but most places around the U.S. and around the world don't have it. So, what Andy is tasked with on the scientific advisory board is holding us all accountable to making sure that this is biologically degradable, meaning it can compost in your backyard. I don't know. maybe you could eat it. I'm not sure you yeah
3: <laughs> right. That was some of the that was some of the technologies out there. You can literally eat this thing and it may have nutrients, you know?
0: Wow, Just, wow.
3: Yeah. wow. Andy,
0: know. How, yeah, right, right. Innovation. That's awesome. Um, Andy, how, talk, talk to us about some of the efforts that we're now embracing at our company and in our industry so far with our different partners since you've been a part of this. And, and maybe how are we now looking at modifying and embracing these practices in our machines as well?
3: Yeah, our machine is, uh, right now we are using a packing machine um, for plastic and it's it's a very sophisticated sort of dynamic machine that it's not just any plastic can go through. Um, it has to meet a certain chemical criteria, uh, to ensure that it not only welds nicely, but, uh, it also doesn't um, gum up some of the mechanics of the machine via the blades that actually laminate the the plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we want to move into that area. Um, I mean, the, the interest is definitely there. I think it's just, we need to like put that in front of consumers, uh, our, our, customers, you know, this is, this is an amazing alternative. It's, it's, it either meets or exceeds, um, you know, the, the current, uh, strengths of your plastic or, you know, the, the visibility of the plastic that you're using for your t-shirts that you're packaging or any garments. So, we really want to move forward um, with some sort of product like that, that's, that's compostable in your backyard. I mean, that would be ideal um, for our customers and, and their, and their customers want that as well. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the biggest thing is it, it really puts our customers who are printing for the fashion industry, you know, all these different brands, it puts them in kind of a blue ocean, you know, if they've got a machine, Mm -hmm. You know, this, you know, plastic or I don't even want to call it plastic anymore. But, you know, this new material that's developed um, that hopefully we can test and that can work, um, you know, th- them getting on that train is going to help because the the true in consumer, the big box retailers and stuff, they're going to be the ones that are, are pushing hopefully hard um, right. to make sure that their distributors are using these types of materials um, and help be a part of that solution. So I think it's going to be a really exciting time. Um, and I know, I mean, like Andy said, the interest is huge. I mean, we've had the interest for years. It's just been a really hard problem to solve um, mm-hmm. until you know a plane ride happens and you know a (laughs) conversation i mean seriously i mean who knows if we would have known right and to be on the forefront of this and being able to test um and i i'd go out to venture to say you know people using our equipment we're probably sealing and and distributing you know hundreds of thousands if if you know bags a day i mean you know so we're we're arming our customers with with the wrong stuff, and it'll be fun to and and great for the the environment, the planet, and for their businesses and for other businesses to arm them with something that's that's way more sustainable and environmentally friendly. So it's exciting. That.
2: That's right. And I, I, w- a- I would I would say too. Oh, I'm sorry, Meryl. I would I would just no, say no, no. Go, go for it. you know. First and foremost, we can also reduce, and we should. You know, I I think having your customers take a look at where. Do they not need them anymore? Like Vauri is a good example of a brand. They're uh, one of our early adopters, uh, Joe Kudla, the CEO is one of our prize judges and they've eliminated about 95% of the polybags they use, but there's wow. 5% left. And it's and now we're focused on that 5%, right? Instead mm-hmm. of hundred percent, we're focused on the 5%. And right. so I would encourage that too. Like let's, let's get rid of those that we really don't need.
0: Good call. Absolutely. Absolutely. Two quick questions for our next commercial break. Uh, first of all, um, what earlier before the last break you were talking about problematic plastics? That was the phrase you used, and I, I caught me uh, caught my interest, and in, I'd love to explore that more. Um, is there is a good resources that you would recommend? I know that there's a lot in pop culture about like a lot of noise about this topic, but As far as you're concerned, like, are there uh, very reliable sources to provide materials that are not problematic plastics? And how can people discern what the difference is?
2: Oh, gosh, such a good question. Problematic plastics for us at Lonely Well are those items that um, are directly related to a a growing increase in the amount of new plastic that enters the ocean every year. So in poly bags, it's made from thin film plastic, which tends to be low density polyethylene. And Mm. that contributes um, primarily to the 46% of new plastic entering the ocean every single year. So by solving for this issue of thin film in the fashion industry, can we then spill over to other industries and then spill over yet into other types of thin film plastics like bubble wrap and shrink wrap and other types of plastics mm-hmm. that are made from the same material. So the other reason it's problematic is because even though you could collect, you know, conceivably, if it was profitable, you could collect thin film plastic curbside in the States, let's just say the United States to begin with. The material is so lightweight that when it goes into the mixed recycling containers that we tend to have, it really jams up the infrastructure in the recycling centers. Mm-hmm. So it causes a lot of problems. It's lightweight, it flows away. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, it, when it's ingested, is it about a 25% mortality rate. Um, and we know turtles among sea creatures. And so turtles tend to mistake bags as jellyfish Mm -hmm. which is, you know, they're a lovely treat in the ocean. Um, So that's why we designate it as problematic. Now, there are a lot of good uses for plastic. Many of our automobiles use plastic Um, equipment and uh, goods um, in hospitals and other medical centers use plastics. There's a lot of reasons for plastics to exist. And so we're not really focused on those that are more durable, they tend to not get lost to the environment. They tend to have longer lifespans. For us, it's these single use, hard to recycle because there is no end buyer for it. There's no end of life other than the trash or right. the environment and they become really problematic.
0: Wow, and thank you for that. A uh, follow-up question before we go is, um, was it that plane ride or was it something else that kind of uh, shifted the the idea that maybe the next thing after straws should be fashion?
2: You know, the plane ride got me thinking about there are a lot of ways to influence multiple industries. So you guys, I think you were company number three to be on the early adopter coalition after wow. Tom Ford International and Tom Ford Beauty. Then there's Rock US. Um, and there you go. And I was like, that's, oh, my God. That's
1: awesome. There's actually yeah.
2: a company out there that's like wrapping stuff in this stuff. Like, these, <laughs> what is going on? I need to know more about this. And, and it was really that conversation with Ryan that got me thinking of, okay, this needs to be the focus. You know, it mm. is the fashion industry, but but it's really about the entire supply chain right. from the very beginning to the very end. And how can we influence change across you know that entire supply chain. So yeah, it was extremely influential. I learned more in that four and a half, five hour plane ride than I ever thought I was going to.
0: Wow. Serendipity. Serendipity. It's awesome. Look at that. That's awesome. Okay. Thank you so much.
1: We'll uh take a quick commercial break and when we come back, uh we will wrap up on uh keeping your business sustainable and uh how these plastics are affecting uh us in the world and get some more information from Dune. So we will be right back.
0: Learn the quickest and best way to register your screens and get printing as fast as possible. Visit rock.us slash pages slash free dash downloads to receive an exclusive video along with our official Rock Reg Illustrator template to streamline your process for optimal performance. That's roq.us slash pages slash free dash downloads.
1: I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop, where we talk all things screen printing. Today, we are talking about building sustainable business for a more sustainable planet. We are joined with Dune Ives of Lonely Whale. Um, alongside of us, as always, is our creative producer, Mr. Merrill Caps, and our purchasing and logistics director, Mr. Andy Johnson, who, by the way, is also on the advisory board um, for the Plastic Prize Project. So welcome back, everyone.
0: Thank you for joining us again. Uh, Over the break, we were all talking about, you know, just continuing that conversation about how we are embracing this as a company. And Ross, I wanted to give the audience an opportunity to hear how we're kind of embracing that testing and how they can follow along that journey with us.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of exciting. And I mean, Dune can talk more about this too with Andy, because I'm not sure how exactly the process works, but from a high level view, essentially all the participants are the finalists. that they selected through the prize are gonna start producing plastic essentially um, to be tested on different types of equipment, ours being one of them. Um, so we're really excited to have our showroom up and running in uh, Florida, the Rock Tech Center, uh, US edition, because um, Portugal's got their own um, Rock Tech Center. So. Um, We'll have our full folding packing line there. We'll get submissions of, you know, rolls of this plastic. Andy's helping a lot with the specs and and the materials and kind of what needs to be involved, as he was pointing out earlier, for sealing and and not gelling. And we'll be able to start testing um, these eight finalists' different offerings and give our feedback on what's working, what could change, how it could be better. and it's really exciting. It's it's gonna be it a fun exciting. process and be great to get the team involved uh, as well at a bigger, you know, mm-hmm. I think right now this has all been kind of happening um, and the team knows about it, but to have something tangible that we're doing is gonna be really exciting um, to get the whole team on board so everyone can really tangibly see um, what our goals are and, and where we're trying to get with
0: this project. So it's gonna be fun. Sure. To, get, to get the community feedback too will be really, Really tremendous, well, that's, excited. That's gonna be
1: huge, it scares me. Cause like the second we have it, people are gonna be like, well, where do I buy it? And we're gonna be in the <laughs> middle of this process. And so, you know, it'll be like, well, I guess we could take, you know, some massive back orders. Um, but it is gonna be fun to get the community excited about it. And I know we've brought it up to a few of our customer partners already. Um, and, and people are stoked. I mean, this is something that's, that's needed. Um, it's wanted. I was wanted a long time ago, just hard to find. And, and again, you know, lonely whale coming through and, and creating the awareness behind this and, and putting this, this prize together, I think is is going to go a really long ways in our industry for sure.
0: For sure. That makes me uh, ask my next question. It's uh, for Dune, how does this effort evolved and how does it differ from the others you've been involved with? And side part of that and what does it take to be invited to be in on the advisory panel like Andy and how can people become more involved in this on in their day to day lives.
2: Well, to be on the scientific and technical advisory panel like Andy, you have to have some serious chops. <laughs> I know you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for the lighthearted. You also have to be willing to give yourself and then give and give a little bit more. So Andy, I think you probably reviewed, oh gosh, 44 applications are like somewhere in there, right? There was like a big number. You got to give a lot of time.
3: It was it was 24 and I, <laughs> and I did spend a considerable amount of time reviewing everything because it's you know they, they some of these reviews were you know up to 80 to pages each so and wow. they you know they they want they want to win this prize real bad so they're going to offer up as much information as they possibly can to to mm. make it, you know give us what we need to make the best decision possible
2: no that's right that's right and it's you know, the the prize judges were really counting on the scientific and technical advisory panel's recommendations and and they really leveraged those. They took them very seriously. And then they added their own kind of uh, contextualization on top of it and their own questions, which were also really valuable to work through. Um, So that's what it takes to be on the advisory panel. You got to know what you're talking about and you got to be willing to put in time. but it's, you know, this prize is really different than our first two campaigns. The first campaign was straws. There was a solution um, that was readily available. It was a U.S.-based paper straw that we really believed in, and we had to slow our campaigning down because they weren't able to scale as quickly as our campaigning was happening. And I think part of wow. it was none of us really knew exactly how it was going to take off, but within the first three months of our campaign, our Strawless in Seattle and Stop Sucking campaign, Artvark Paper straws, so I have a 5,000% increase in revenue. <laughs> wow. This is three months in, three months in, and we weren't Good even thumb. getting started. So our second campaign, Hydrate Like a Mother, my daughter says there's another <laughs> word that goes at the end of that, she's 30, we've <laughs> um, got there. That had both Aquaman, I had Adrian Grenier, and I had Jason Momoa in our PSA. Uh, we you know, we really didn't feel like there was a good alternative to plastic bottled water for people who want water on the go. So we worked with AMI Beverage Company, which is now a Vitacoco Company, and we created a new vertical. We brought to market a new brand of canned water. So I think this one, you know, for each campaign we're learning, but each campaign Mm. is focused on a different plastic and they have a different set of issues. So in this case, we're trying to bring those solutions to market for the very first time.
0: It's amazing. Awesome.
1: This has been such a huge wave of change though, after each of these that you talked about. I mean, I remember you know, bottled water on the airlines and that's all changed now. I mean, you see boxed water. I mean, there's a bunch of different variations of it. we got to get rid of those cups eventually.
2: Oh, I've Um, got to see for that too. The aluminum cup. We've got to get the aluminum cup everywhere.
1: (laughs) Uh I would love that. I love aluminum cups actually. Mm -hmm. Aluminum (laughs) cups are great. Infinitely
2: recyclable. They're great. They keep everything cold.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. So what's next for you guys at Lonely Whale? um obviously you're in the thick of of plastic prize right now um how do you plan and what's kind of you know when this gets to a certain stage what's what's the next um plastic that that you're going after or vertical or market um and how do you plan for that
2: yeah it's so we when we started our campaigning we 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 felt like every two years would be our cycle of bringing a new campaign to market. So uh, 2017 was the straw, 2019 was the plastic water bottle, 2021 then was thin film plastic. You know, what we're really focused on right now is making sure that we're continuing to just push hard on all three of those plastic types. Um, We have another initiative called Next Way Plastics, which is working with very large and very small and everywhere in between companies to build infrastructure in parts of the world where the plastic waste crisis is the most acute. Take that material and then put it into their products that will never make their way back out to the ocean. So if you can think about a Herman Miller chair being made from ocean bound plastic or a human scale chair being made from ocean bound plastic. Unfortunately, we're not going to find those on the beach that we can just pick up and take into our homes. That's our big dream, right, is to find one of those on the side of a riverbank, jokingly. Um, <laughs> right. But that's on track to, to achieve its goals by the year 2025. And so we're adding more companies, we're adding suppliers there. And then we have a whole youth program as well. And, and with the youth, what we're really focused on right now is building the very first media network for young environmentalists who understand the policy changes that need to happen in order to achieve, you know, what we all want, which is a livable, healthy planet for all. Um, But we need their voices to get out there more, and we need to put a big megaphone on their positions and their platforms. And so we're getting ready to launch what we call Awake Media. Um, We have three magazines already under our belt, print and digital. And then we're going to do a radio and a TV pilot and see how well those play out. Uh, But we're really excited there as well. So, you know, we're, we're really staying steady this next year and just making sure all of our initiatives are really successful. We're now entering year two of the Tom Ford Plastic Innovation Prize of a five year program. So will we introduce another campaign next year? it's too early to tell. There's a lot of work to be done, but we're really just staying focused to make sure this is very successful.
0: Excellent. Um, Please reach out for any kind of thing that I could possibly help with. This is a big passion for sure.
2: Amazing. I have a list for you already, Meryl. So don't worry. Bring it. Andy, we're coming back to you. Ross, I'll figure out something for you. (laughs)
1: 100%, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So to kind of wrap up, if you were to s- just give our audience one thing um, to kind of learn about you or your brand, uh, Lonely Whale, what would it be? And then, of course, we'll kind of end with where can everyone find you uh, online, uh, social, websites, um, etc. So people can go check this out. And we'll, of course, put you know links to all of that uh, in this podcast as well.
2: I would say one thing about Lonely Well that we we hold true every day in our work is that it's more fun saving the planet when you do it with a friend. So don't, don't ever be worried about whether or not what you're doing is the right thing. Do something. Everything you do matters, but do it with a buddy. You're going to have a lot more fun. You're going to learn a lot from each other. And chances are you're going to inspire each other in ways that you never thought was possible. So that's a big tenet of the Plastic Innovation Prize you know, we've got over 15 brands participating. We've got a number of judges, advisory board members, and we couldn't do it without this whole group. So that's my, that's my tip for the day. Don't save the planet by yourself. Don't be a superhero, be a super friend. Love it. Uh, And you can find us at lonelywild.org. That's the best place to find us.
1: That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you again for joining us today. I, I know we'll we'll definitely have a follow up episode as we get into testing and we get further uh, along the process uh, with you guys. And we'll be sharing our own uh, video, tagging Lonely Whale as you know we're going through these different things um, and and putting it out there and. Really exciting uh, to get to that place where we've got a sustainable uh, roll of plastic uh, that all of our, you know, rock, fold and pack consumers will be able to put on their machines and and start to pack responsibly, which will be really exciting. Um, so thanks again for joining us. It's been really special to be a part of this. And uh, we're, we're excited to continue this journey. Um, all of you out there listening, think about this episode for the day do something different in your life, throw away the straws, get a paper one, kill the cup, kill the plastic bottle, get something that's, you know, reusable. And, uh, we'll, we'll figure out how to get this film thin film out of our industry. Um, hopefully someday really soon. So again, thank you all for listening, um, to our episode here on building a sustainable business, uh, for a more sustainable, pleasant, uh, Pleasant. It will be pleasant. Pleasant planet. <laughs> For a more sustainable planet, I always love Meryl's tongue twisters. And uh, everyone have a great week and continue to press onward and uh, rock on.
0: Rock on. Thanks all.
3: Thank you. Thanks.
0: Thanks to Dune Ives of Lonely Whale and Andy Johnson for joining us today. As always, thank you for spending time with us this week. And thank you for trusting us as your partner in print. Tune in at your convenience wherever you listen to your podcast by searching Rock Shop Talk. If you'd like to request me on the show, please visit rock.us slash If you found today's episode helpful, please recommend it to a friend who you think may find it helpful as well. Please like, share, and subscribe on social media. Until next time, rockers, press on. <laughs>